0: Should Commanders fans really expect a big improvement from the offense now that Eric Bieniemy is here? We hear from inside the organization to find that out and more on today's episode of Locked On Commanders.
2: Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
0: What's up and welcome into the Lockdown Commanders Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. This is your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, so please subscribe or follow on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts for free so you always get the latest episodes when they drop. I'm David Harrison, credential member of the media, covering your Washington Commanders for Commander Country, a part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. You can find me there, here, or on Twitter at dharrison82, or you can text me anytime via subtext at 202. 760-2644. Seven six zero two six four four. Thanks again for making Locked On Commanders your first listen to the view today and every day. This episode brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the National Football League. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started today. Join now on the Locked On Commanders podcast by Zach Selby, senior writer for the Washington Commanders, on Twitter at Zach Selby WC. Zach, uh, we've we've. Seen each other more recently than you've been on the show, but the last time we saw each other was Eric Bieniemy's introductory press conference. That obviously was a little while ago, but since we're, we're getting you on the record now here shortly before the NFL draft, so there's been some time to kind of adjust and, and maybe kind of get a lay of the land, especially the feel inside the building. What are your thoughts following the hiring and the uh, the arrival of Eric Bieniemy?
1: Well, you know, I think whenever the news first happened and then, you know, I guess even like the build over like, okay, this this might actually have. This might actually go down, and then when the news finally broke that 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 we were going to hire him, it was. I mean, it was like an explosion. I mean, there was so much mm-hmm. excitement going, like just buzzing around the building. And I mean, I, it's. I wouldn't say it's like uh, gone down or anything, but it's just more like okay, he's here, he's doing his thing, um, he's getting this, he's getting this offense ready to go. Um, and, you know, I, I've, I've, I've. You know, obviously, you hear about the enemy and how impressive he is, just you know, a, as an office coordinator and, and doing all, all of his things. But, um, you know, getting to know him a little bit, like as a person, uh, it makes mm-hmm. me even more excited for him. Um, you know, I got a chance to talk to him for about 30 minutes after he had his introductory press conference. And I, I asked him a lot of questions about like how he views, you know, his philosophies on coaching, who he looks up to, um, you know, why he, why the details matter so much. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it just, it just shows you why he is the way he is. His dedication to the craft is, is unlike uh, most coaches that are around right now. And, you know, right now he's, he's meeting with the coaches. His other coaches around 7.30, you know, 8 o'clock every morning uh, to kind of get them uh, acclimated to the offense of what he expects um, out, of, out of his players. And I was talking to, to Vita Pritchard. Uh, last mm-hmm. week and he was telling me uh, i asked him like what What are some of the things that he's really like preaching and details was those the big thing and that doesn't surprise me at all considering how much he preached on how big these minor details are um for for himself and how he likes to run his offenses because i mean those little details can end up being you know a block that say that ends up busting was a 20-yard play or you know I, or it could end up being a, a loss like it, uh, those things really matter a lot to him and yeah. it's it's He's just so consistent, and I, I cannot wait to see what he's able to do. And we're going to get a first look at that at OTAs. And I guess, well, I guess even before that, probably the rookie minicamp in May. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm really excited to see what this offense is going to look like with the enemy of helm because I, I think he, had, like, he has a lot of tools to do some real damage.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's going to be exciting. Honestly. I, I obviously can't wait just to get back to football just in general, but specifically to see kind of how this differs from what we saw last year specifically. And speaking of last year, a lot of fans, a lot of Commanders fans really expecting, like we haven't seen anything just quite yet. So a lot of this is kind of gut feeling and and reactions. And like you said, getting to know him, you kind of have a better feel of of really kind of what the tone might be. Yeah. Um, but a lot of fans are expecting a much better offensive strategy, even if, you know, the, the play of Sam Howell and, and Jacoby said, and that battle still has to play itself out, but they're expecting at least, uh, I would say, more of a more of agreeable uh, type of approach to to the uh, to the offense. I think is the best yeah. way to put it. And, you know, um, I was asking
1: Pritchard a little bit about you know his yeah. what he likes about the West Coast system, and he yeah, he gave a really fantastic answer. I can't I can't wait for the rest of media to talk to him because he's a really smart guy. Um, he was basically like Bill Walsh invented the West Coast offense to. Get the most out of players, regardless of what their what their their scheme fits are. Like so, for example, he he gave a really good example of uh, you know, we have um, uh, McCaffrey and we have um, we have Toby Gerhardt, two completely different running backs who mm-hmm. both succeeded a lot in that system because of because of how that how they're able to highlight um their talents. And I think that's something that the West Coast does really well. Obviously, you know, it's. There's an emphasis on getting the ball out a lot quicker, um, and I think you know the, the receivers or you know especially with the receivers like Terry, Jahan, Curtis, all players who can create separations quickly at the line of scrimmage. I think that's going to fit right into their wheelhouse, um, and I think that's I think he's going to be able to highlight the skills of uh, Brian Robinson. He's going to be able to do that for uh, Tony Gibson. I think he's going to be able to to make sure that everyone is doing the best they can and what they do well and put them in mm-hmm. the best to succeed with their own talent. So I, I, I really think he's it's, like I said, I, I think he's really going to help out. And I really think that, this offense, I don't think it has to be, you know, just it didn't. Obviously, it's not going to be as good as the Kansas City Chiefs were. It's not going to, they're not going to go from mid 20s to, 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 to one in one year. But I right. think it's, I think even if, I think 12 is, is possible if, if he can, if he can, if Bambi can get the right pieces to do what he wants them to do. But even then, like all this offense needs to do is just find ways to score points to the Red right Zone, which is, of course, I know is a big deal. But mm-hmm. if they can, if they can just average, you know, five more points a game. Think about what that would, would have been able to do uh, last year. Like, I mean, they would have won two more games. They would have been in the playoffs, and we'd have been having a very different conversation about about this team last year. So I, I get, you know, people want the dramatic turnaround, but I think the somewhere more in the middle is closer to what you can expect. But even then, I think that's a, that is a that is going to be a noticeable turnaround from what we had last year.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's going to make a lot of fans happy here, you know, guys being used yep. to their strength. You talk about Tavita Pritchard, new quarterback coach. Uh, there for the Washington Commanders. Uh, let's expand a little bit more on that. Sam Howell coming into his second year. Now he's going to have, you know, a new direct position coach kind of mentoring him. You've you gotten to know Sam. You kind of know where he came through last year and kind of how he was brought up his first year in the NFL. How do you think Coach Pritchard is going to take that to the next level?
1: Well, you know, honestly, Pritchard had a lot of really good things to say about Sam Howell. It's he had all the ta- arm talent in the world, can make all the throws, um, you know, and his, it, you know, one thing that really stuck out to um, to him whenever he was talking to Sam was how, and even like you know, people who around the building who've gotten to know Sam over the past year is how competitive he is, and I think that's really going to, I think that's really going to matter, because um, I think he has a lot of the talent that you really want to see, because um, I, I he was my favorite quarterback coming out uh, of the draft last year, I, and I think he's, I think he's going to really excel. In this system. And I think, you know, you know, the arm talent, right? You know, he can throw 50 yards with ease. But I think, you know, one thing that really stuck out to me, and it was on his first throw, is how quickly he gets the ball out of his hands when he really needs to. And I think that's, I think that's going to fit right in with the West Coast system about trying to get the ball quickly to playmakers. And he has this this really nice release that I, I, you know, it's, it stuck out to me very quickly. It's like, oh my gosh, like that's, that's not something that we saw with, Carson Wentz or even Taylor Heineke, it was just, it was like, he just put it, he just zinged it out there to Terry McLaurin. Mm -hmm. And, you know, of course, Terry did the rest. So I think, Mm -hmm. I think that player right there, even though it was a different scheme, different philosophy, like I think that's going to be closer to what you see out of, out of this offense. You're going to get the ball to Terry in space, which is something that I'm sure the fans are really going to want to see a lot more of, and it's going to let him to get yards out of the catch and make plays and be a top 10 receiver that he is.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, going back to your comments about Eric Bieniemy, right? The the concept of accentuating players' strengths is is going to help every single player uh, across the board here. The new additions are just beginning, as a new group of rookies are about to get their NFL start in Washington. Who is Zach targeting for the Washington Commanders? That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team. Every day, And we're going to do this thanks to our friends over at Built Bar. If you want to make healthier snack choices, but you don't want to compromise on taste, I've got just the thing for you. Built Bars and Built Puffs. Seriously, they taste so amazing. You won't even think they're good for you. You got to try this. What makes Built Bars so good is that they're all covered in 100% real dark chocolate and they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie and cookies and cream. These bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar while packing a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't even have to wait to get a box for years. We've been telling you to go to Built.com to get your Built Bars, but now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club while getting your specialty flavors still at Built.com. At Built.com, you can get all new flavors like cookies and cream puff. That just sounds amazing. Or you can head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a 4-bar 4 bar box of the cookies and cream bar double chocolate bar or coconut puff if you're close to a sam's club run in there and grab a 13 bar box packed with hit flavors like brownie batter puff and churro puff
2: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
0: Thanks again for making the Locked On Commanders Podcast. First listen or your first view of the day. Now, back to my conversation with... Senior writer for the Washington Commanders, Zach Selby. Zach Selby, senior writer for Washington Commanders and on Twitter at Zach Selby WC. Joining us here today on the Locked On Commanders podcast, Zach, let's switch now. Uh, a lot of exciting things going on in the coach staff. We didn't even get to talk about all the coaching changes because there's right. been some things coming in. Uh, I mean, a new coaching change is going to happen eventually, right? Because we still need uh, an, an offensive line coach. I'm sure that decision will be made uh, sooner rather than later. But the NFL draft is what everybody is looking forward to here mm-hmm. in the next couple of weeks what are well so let's do let's do it this way so i have kind of my top three draft i think needs for the washington commanders and a lot of people get convoluted talking about this because it doesn't necessarily mean we're going round one there round two there round three there, just because that's the top three but i think offensive line you still have to you know continue building the offensive line I like what they've done so far um we can talk about some of the new additions there but then i also think the defensive back group and that's kind of an on the fence way of saying that because i'm not really specifying safety nickel perimeter i want to get your thoughts on benjamin st juice as he's staying outside or moving inside if you have control and then the tight end group not because i don't like the tight end group in washington we talked a lot about it during the season it's a very good tight end room but i think yeah. this class is so good that you can't ignore it in the nfl draft so
1: i'll start with i'll start with benjamin st juice and mm. i th- i think you know yes it's great that he was able to play nickel I think it was great that he has, you know, the size and the quickness to match up against any kind of slot receiver that they have out there. Mm-hmm. But when they moved him outside, it was different. Like right. and he, he definitely, it, that was definitely his natural position. And you felt it like from the moment he kind of, he bumped out there again. I mean, he was going, I mean, I know we've talked about this a lot, but he was going up against Justin Jefferson. He was going up against, you know, people like Brandon Cooks, who, you know, doesn't get a whole lot of pub, but he's like, he's a very good receiver. <laughs> like right. he's, He's a quality guy. Um, I I think he can hold his own against those guys, and he has the length and the size to do it. Now, I know his first year, he had a little bit of some issues in that area, too. But um, you have to remember, like, I mean, the Eagles, you know, with A.J. Brown and and Devontae Smith, like, he held his own against those guys. Like, he has a lot of ability. And if it were me, I'm letting him just stay out there outside. And just let him let him grow into you know a number one corner, um, you know, somewhere down the line. Because the that, uh, Kendall Fuller is not going to keep play for this playing this team forever, and Saint Juice is younger. So hopefully, you, you think by the time you know Kendall you know, moves on for whatever reason, you know Saint Juice is right there to say, okay, I'm the number one corner, I'm ready to go because uh, he basically was um, right. last year in a lot of ways. Um, so I'll say I'll keep it at that. And, you know, so I hear you on tight end mm-hmm. and. I hear you, you know, that the fact the class is – I mean, by all accounts, one of the best tight end groups that we've seen maybe in like a decade. Like, it's, right. it's, it's that deep. Oh. Um, but I I think here's the problem with that is that – and I'm not saying that they won't address tight end because I think mm-hmm. they could potentially bring in some other guy there at some point. But you do come into, I guess, kind of a good problem of who you're going to get rid of because you already yeah. have five on the roster. I mean, you've got Logan Thomas who – they really, they really like, and I mean, they feel like once if he's healthy and he gets a full offseason under him to get ready, he's yeah. going to be that guy. Like he's he's still the all around tight end that they thought he was, you know, a couple of years ago. You have John Bates, who is, by my accounts, one of if not the best blocking tight ends in the league. Like mm-hmm. he was the, in in terms of rookies, like two years ago, he was the best blocking tight end out there in terms of like rookie in terms of his rookie class. Something I he's still one of the best this year. And he has really good hands, underrated hands for for his position. And you got mm-hmm. Cole Turner, who I mean, people mm-hmm. I guess people don't necessarily forget, but in training camp and in OTAs, he was like, oh. I was really excited about him because of how how awesome he was like in the reginal. He was making plays like left and right, and it was really unfortunate that he tweaked his hamstring because mm-hmm. if we hadn't, if he hadn't done that, I think he would have been in a more a more immediate impactor uh for this for this offense who knows what would happen there. Um and I think you know they also have Armani Rodgers that they really like. They have yeah. Curtis Hodges who is more of a project, but they also like he also made some really good plays in training camp as well. So I think you know while it's never a problem to have enough like you, you never want to say, oh right, we're good on talent. Like we're not gonna right, we're, right. we're not gonna, you know, we're, we're gonna stop getting talent. But I do think you're in a, you're in a tough position where you're like, all right, we've already got five guys we really like do we want to add another one and make a tough decision for us and have to get rid of another <laughs> one of those guys? Like, I don't know. I, I, I think it's, it's possible for sure. They address it maybe like in the third round. Cause like, I think there are still some quality tight ends that can be found in the third round. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think, you know, like Dalton and cave, like, you know, may, I don't, I don't know if may, you know, Mayor. I don't know, like, I don't know if they, they'll, they'll go for that. Cause I think, I think right. corner, I think off the line are more needs for them immediately than tight end okay. is because I think those five give them a lot of flexibility in that
0: area. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree with you hundred percent Day two is kind of where I mean Dalton Kincaid is my favorite guy, but I think when you oh, yeah, look he's, at he's
1: great. Not, not that not that, yeah, like yeah. but he's but he's really good. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I think I think you're right though. Like when you look at the group, you know, it's is it a luxury, is it a luxury pick? It's absolutely a luxury pick. Um, but you know, what I'm hoping. So my Wednesday episode lots on Commanders I had, a, I had a question from a listener, and basically turned that question into a mock trade and obviously the Jacksonville jaguars would have to be willing to deal as well but i was able to nab the commanders a, a pick somewhere between 47 and 97 i think that sweet spot if you can add a pick maybe that's where you can feel like you can spend that luxury but uh, it, it'll be interesting to see what the commanders do so if you think that benjamin st juice is better off saying outside that's what i've been saying all offseason i think more commanders fans agree with that at least my listeners viewers agree with that than disagree with it so that kind of brings up a conversation. Joey Porter Jr., a very popular prospect, yeah. uh, first-round cornerback prospect, versus a guy like Deontay Banks. So Joey Porter Jr., my assessment, very strong man cover guy, very physical press corner type, struggled a little bit of Penn State in zone coverage. That worries me, but honestly, and I'll be honest with you, it worries me because of William Jackson, and that's not fair to Joey Porter Jr. Deontay mm-hmm. Banks, more of a slot guy, but he was a day-two prospect till about a month ago. Now suddenly he's a fast-riser day one. Has anything really changed or is it just kind of the need of the position elevating him? What do you think about the contrast between those two guys specifically? And do you have a favorite corner yourself? uh, If you were, you know, telling Ron Rivera, Martin Mayhew and the brain trust what to do?
1: Well, I mean, my favorite cornerback uh, pretty much from the start of my draft work has been Chris Gonzalez Mm because I think he's an all around guy who is I I think if he were able to come here, he would make an immediate impact like just day one, but he's not going to be there. <laughs> he's yeah, he's yeah. probably going to be a top ten pick. So, as um, unfortunate as as that is, like you know, th- them's the breaks, as they say. Yeah. But um, Joey Porter Jr. versus Deontay Banks, and I, you know, I first started looking at Joey Porter, and I think there's a lot to like for sure. I think mm-hmm. he's got you know, l- like length out of his mind. Like he's he's one of the kind of be like the longest corner. In the entire draft class, his arms kind of just go all the way down to his kneecaps, Um, and and he's very good in in man coverage. I think his footwork at the line of scrimmage can be improved on. Mm. Um, There are some times when he's kind of almost like he's taking a step forward, like at the line of scrimmage against like in man matches before he you know gets out there and covers the receivers. And I think you know in that situation. I, I'm worried about how he would do against exceptional route runners. Mm-hmm. So, for, to, in a perfect, in a, a hypothetical situation, Terry versus Joey Porter Jr. You know, Joey Porter yeah. has the length, but Terry is a, one of the best route runners we have, like playing right. now. So, I, I wonder if you know if his footwork is not right, is is Terry just going to take advantage of that and just burn him? So yeah. and and there are other greater like I mean, there's other great route right runners out there in the league that he's gonna have to go up against, uh, whether he plays in the slide or not. So I, I, I wonder about that. Now I think something I do enjoy about Deontay Banks is that he is a very sticky corner. Um, mm-hmm. you know, he he can play really close to his receivers without getting too handsy, which is a problem that Joey Porter has. I think mean, yeah. he knows how to track the ball, he knows how to you know make the jumps at the right time. Um, and he he's really fast. He can. I mean, he he plays really fast. He has you know, he has enough physicality. He can fight through uh, blocks to get uh, to get to uh, make plays in the screen game. He does a lot of things. I really enjoy And If you were me, I think I would probably take Deontay Banks over Joey mm-hmm. Porter here. Um, but again, like, I think, you know, this 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 team, especially Jack DeRue does a very good job of trying to like fit players, you know, where they were, he, where he knows they could succeed. I think, you know, if they do draft Joey Porter Jr., I think they could probably find a, where, a place for him uh, where he can use his man-covered skills and use his length to his advantage. But, I mean, Deontay Banks, I think, sticks out to me just a little more because of what he can do um, in, in the run game and and how he doesn't have to, you know, necessarily draw contact and make plays.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I like everything that you just said there. And I think we kind of agree. Like, Joey Porter Jr. in a vacuum, very exciting prospect, you know what I mean? And you would hope that if he lands with the team, uh, the coaching staff. And I mean, that's an angle I haven't really thought of. I mean, going up against if I'm the DB coach, I'm going, you're going up against Terry rep one, you're going up against Curtis Rep two, and then you're going up against Jahan rep three, because we're just going to give you an exposure to pretty much everything you can deal with on an NFL field, and we're going to teach you uh, baptism by fire. So another position group, not getting a lot of talk here leading up to the NFL draft, but I think it is a position group that I expect the commanders to address in the draft at some point. I don't know if I, I if I want to sit here and stand on the table and say it needs to be a day two or early day three even, but I think at some point in time they're going to add a running back because I uh, think you look yeah. at Brian Robinson, you look at Antonio Gibson, I know Jonathan Williams is back. I don't believe, unless I miss it, that Jared Patterson's officially back, but I don't I don't imagine that would probably be an issue. But I still think you need at least some competition maybe for that number three if, if Jonathan sure. Williams isn't going to be that guy. Do you? How do you feel about the running back room? Do you have kind of a target window uh, where you think that they, they might be able to go? And then do you, same question about the other Positions, do you have a favorite back in this class?
1: You know, well, I mean, favorite. It's, I mean, favorite. I think, I think everyone knows who everyone's favorite is, that'd be John Robinson. But, yeah. um, no, we'll, we'll, we'll get to, the, we'll get to my Ferris in a minute. But I, I do think that, yes, they could probably do with another running back. I think mm-hmm. that's, I think, and I think this class, you can find a lot of really running backs later on, um, in the draft. But I think if they, I, th- I also think they're in a position where if they're, if the right guy doesn't fall to them, I I think they would be okay with rolling with Jonathan Williams, um, Brian Robinson, and Antonio Gibson. Because I mean, Jonathan Williams didn't play that much, but he did have some pretty good moments uh, whenever he was out there. And I think there are also you know a couple of other options in free agency too. Like uh, if the right guy, like I said, if the right guy doesn't fall to them in the draft, they could they could bring in an interesting player, you know, to be a third, a third option at running back room and not, you know, not take up a whole crazy amount of uh, salary cap space. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, Spears is the guy that, you know, obviously everyone is kind of started. It's like, he's like a day three guy that everyone's kind of like just starting to fall in love with. Um, yeah. I understand why he's, he stood out just a lot. Um, you know, I was looking at some, some sixth round potential picks uh, today. And uh, there's this guy named Evan Hull that um, that I that I think is could be very interesting. And he's a downhill guy. Um, he's very physical. He knows how to to move. He knows how to create holes when there isn't any. Um, and I think it's really interesting. He's also a pretty solid pass catcher. He had about 520 ish uh, yards mm-hmm. the, as a pass catcher. He so he knows how to do a little bit of everything. Um, and I think you could probably bring in. Maybe hold to do more of like a, a change of pace sort of thing whenever you need to give Brian Robinson a spell or two. Um, so if you if you need a third down bag, maybe he comes in there does it. But I think he's a he's a guy that I would, I'm going to keep my eye on, kind of watch a little more film on. But um, yeah, I definitely do think they could they could bring in whether it's the draft free agency. I think it would be it would be nice to bring in a, a third a third back there. But again, they don't. They're kind of awarded the luxury of, since they have Brian Robinson and Tony Gibson. I don't necessarily get a; It's not a pressing need, but it's more of like yeah. a an ancillary need, I guess, if you want to put it that way.
0: All right. I tried to make a Mac Jones trade option. make sense. Some of you saw the genius behind the crazy, while some of you, well, you just didn't. What does Zach think of that? And more rumors surrounding the Washington Commanders. That's coming up next on today's episode of.
2: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Senior writer for the Washington Commanders, Zach Selby. Join us here on the Locked On Commanders Podcast. Find him on Twitter, at Zach Selby WC. Zach, to wrap up. Uh, this time here, appreciate you joining us. Of course, as always, I had a couple episodes come out here this week about some some topics. I yeah. got some people with some opinions uh, brewing. Yeah. The first one was about Mac Jones, the New England Patriots quarterback, and the basis of it. And I know you've been deep into getting to know the new coaches and and what the the Commanders might do in the draft and everything else. I don't even know how much traction it got inside the building, but the report that came out from Mike Florio at the New England Patriots have been shopping Mac Jones. And the commanders were one of the teams that they reportedly talked to. Now, that's the end of the report. Like, mm-hmm. we're not even talking about confirmed trade talks, negotiations. You know, the, the commanders offered this, but the Patriots wanted that. It didn't even go that far. But I took it upon myself on the show to kind of dive a little bit deeper into what could have happened if that was the route, if the commanders did show a little bit of interest. The first yeah. question I have to ask you is to you, bringing in another potential young quarterback, Mac Jones, or even someone during the NFL draft, say in the first three rounds. Do you think that would muddy the waters Is a little too much with this pending uh, competition coming up with Sam Hall, Jacoby Brissett? Or do you think more competition is always better competition? And then two, if I could tell you, because this is where I lost some of the, the Lockdown Commanders listeners, okay. that we would probably fork over maybe a late day two, early day three pick for Mac Jones, but we recoup that pick in a later draft trade. So essentially you're only losing a day three pick is essentially what I end up giving up and not recouping. Would you be up for that?
1: Um, so first of all, with the competition, I'm definitely not opposed to it. And I don't think this team is either. Um, Mm -hmm. because while Sam is going to get every chance to be the starter, he hasn't gotten it yet. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't seem based on what Rivera said during the owners meetings, it doesn't seem like he's, he's completely ruling the possibility of getting a quarterback at some point in the draft, not necessarily with 16. Um, he's not ruling. Get adding another quarterback to that group. Um, so I, I think that I think that's you know that's a probably a smart decision because if you find somebody that you really love at quarterback and you want to see if you can give him a chance, yeah, take it because you haven't named Sam Howell the starter yet, and he still needs to earn the job. Um, and that um, and now that they would have to compete with Jacoby Brissett, who is also an accomplished right. player in his own right. Um. So I think, and I, and I think the fact that they brought in Jacoby it tells you that they that they want competition because I mean Jacoby is like he's probably like he's the upper like the high end of what you would expect out of a backup fringe starter. I mean, not even the fringe are a legitimate starter in a lot of in a lot of areas. Like, I mean, he was a good player for the for the Browns last year. Um, and in terms of Mac Jones, um, I think you know of course anything can happen, but I'm I, I just don't see the appeal of no. bringing in Matt Jones because uh, when, I, you know, when I when I heard the reports that the Patriots might be shopping Matt Jones, I kind of looked at it and said, okay, what does Matt Jones give you that Sam Howell doesn't give you? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really feel like there's – like you could probably say, okay, starting experience, sure. Right. But I just don't see – I don't see like in terms of talent i'm not really sure if i see like a whole lot of difference there and they like really really like sam like they they want to see what he has um and plus that you're so you'd bring in you'd bring in sam to kobe and matt jones like to and that and plus like you know you you have to consider if you're going to trade for matt jones you're bringing on his rookie contract and he's a first round pick so that's going to give you less um security in the, sal- in the salary and with the salary which is something that they, they find appealing about Sam now, because they can build around him. Um and then you have to consider whether or not you're gonna exact start this fifth year option and everything like that. So there are mm-hmm. other things you have to consider with that as well. So I just I think risk versus reward, I just don't see the point <laughs> to to bring Matt Jones in. Now uh, like I said anything could happen, but I I think at this point you just need to roll with Sam and see where he takes you.
0: Yeah, so you mentioned an interesting thing about like future quarterbacks potentially coming in. Hendon Hooker, the only quarterback that we know of, at least of right now, that's going to visit the Washington Commanders specifically. Now, I take that more so as just being smart, due diligence. We saw what happened last year. Quarterback like Sam Howell fell to the fifth round. Didn't expect him to be there. Who knows where Hendon Hooker? You know that that whole thing could surprise, uh, and the NFL could surprise everybody by how much they let him slide uh, as well. Do you take that as more just doing their homework, kind of getting the medicals on and there right before the draft, or do you think there's more? Uh, more there that you see than than maybe people giving credit to.
1: Well, I mean, you know, of course it's of course the team does not re- does not release out the official thirty like visits, so like you know mm-hmm. reports the reports. But I I that being said, like just generally talking about Henning Hooker, like I mean by all accounts he's he seems like he's just a standout guy. Like he he's a great interview, great person to talk to. Um, and I, I think, I think a lot of teams are looking at him just one to check out the medicals. And I think two, I mean, I, th- I think there are some people who think he has some legitimate skills and I think, you know, I think he could potentially be like a pretty, pretty competent player at the next level. Now, of course, you know, the offense, Josh Heupel's offense is, you know, it, it, it is what it is. Like, they he, th- he was thrown to a lot of open guys. And, right. you know, he's not he, – that's not going to be the case in the NFL. He's going to have to read more defenses and more schemes than he did at Tennessee because um, last time I checked, uh, there's no Vanderbilt. In, yeah, uh, yeah, Don't mean to give a straight shot to Vanderbilt because I love Vanderbilt. But, um, no, I, I, I think, you know, Hinton is, is a really solid player. He has like a pretty good arm, has some really good legs. Um okay you know i think he could he could be like a really good player at some point but i think you know i think you have to remember about these 30 visits is i mean just because they're in, just because they're bringing someone in does not necessarily mean that they're going to draft these people or, or even that like they are they have a lot of reasons why they're going to do these 30 visits and I mean, if you remember Jahan Dawson was not, didn't get a 30 visit and right. they, they 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 talked to him once and they were like yep we're good we we, we want
0: him yeah. anymore
1: but yeah we we know we know we like out of him so um I, I I wouldn't look too much into it. Um, Definitely. because I mean I think a lot of teams are like are looking at a lot of different quarterback positions, even even not the quarterback needy teams are looking at some of these quarterbacks. Like Anthony Richardson has gotten a lot of, you know, visits because right. of what he could potentially be and where he could fall. Because I know a lot of people think he could be a Potential top five pick, but he could all he's also in a position where he could slide like you just you never know. And if it's a, you know, we slide, just you know, I don't know, I don't know, maybe like I saw the top 10, like there's some team that, yeah, like we we could potentially get like another version of Josh Allen, like at that point. So, yeah, we're gonna yeah, we're gonna take a shot on him because he's he's an athletic freak and he could be really good for us. So, um, you know, like I said, I wouldn't put too much into it, um, but I do think the teams that are. Uh, bring in Hooker, Hooker, want like check the medicals out and see if the personality and what he could do on film in his mind is worth enough for them to, to use a pick on him.
0: 100%, 100%. Glad to hear you say that. And then, uh, final thing, Devin White, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, off-ball linebacker, electric personality, top-five draft pick in 2019. He's requested a trade. The Buccaneers, the word out of uh, the Buccaneers organization, again, not official statements or anything like that, but is that they're not interested – in trading him if they're open, if they open the door to a possible trade, I think I know your answer, but what do you think about the potential of Devin white joining the Washington commanders?
1: Uh, I mean, I I don't think so. Just because I think, you know, if you look at what Rivera, like Rivera has not made a whole lot of trades, like, Mm -hmm. like not, not trades like that. I mean, I think Kyle Allen is the one that like comes to mind. He traded for Kyle Allen back in 2020, but I can't think of too many other trades he's done in his, three years here. Um, and I, you know, and I think Rivera's philosophy is always that we're going to develop the guys we have right now. And the guys that we picked ourselves as opposed to trading for somebody because you have to consider, okay, for one, does the team want to trade with us in this case? No, but for hypotheticals, let's say, okay, yes, the yeah. Buccaneers would like to trade with the commanders. Then, What's the tr- what What's the trade value there? Are they going to come to 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 agreement on that? Like, and plus, does 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 Devin, Devin White fit in this system? Like, I mean, I know it's yeah. a need, but is it, it? It does need need does not always necessarily equate to fit. You can't yes. just plug any anybody in there. So, I think you know, yeah, like we'll we'll see we'll see where, where that story develops. But if it were me, I would probably I would I, I would lean not on them going after Devin white and just kind of sticking yeah. with, you know, uh, Cody Barton and a lot of, uh, you know, a, and a draft pick maybe, you know, or someone, a lot of other players uh, at depth pieces on their linebacking group.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's what I said on, on, on my episode reacting to the news. You know, some names, they get attention from pretty much everybody. But when you got an off ball linebacker need, uh, you know, fans want to know about these guys. So you and I are on the same page. I definitely took a more Devin White approach to it. You took a Commanders approach to it. So I think the two meet in the middle, and they're saying the same message. That's probably not a good fit for the Washington yeah. Commanders. So, um, sorry to anybody Commanders LSU fans. You know what I mean? But you know, uh, Devin White will be around. You'll still be able to watch him on the football field, and you get to catch Zach Selby's work uh, doing a lot of great things. I saw you with Logan Paulson getting some getting some camera time. Um, but yeah, senior yeah. writer for the Washington Commanders, Twitter, Zach Selby, WC. Zach, what do you got coming up for the Commanders?
1: Uh, yeah, so we uh, we actually had me and Logan did something else uh, the other day. We started talking about the uh, tackles, and we looked specifically at Darnell Wright, with Dewan Jones at Ohio State. We looked mm-hmm. at uh, Anton Harrison at Oklahoma, kind of comparing the three, seeing who they could potentially go with uh, there if Washington does decide to go with the tackle at 16 or any other spot at the, uh, in their draft. But um, yeah, like I'm just getting to pick Logan. The brain is always a great thing because he's very knowledgeable, and as a former off dilemma myself, I believe like I brought a little bit more, a little bit more expertise to that uh, that discussion.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Looking forward to that talking. And, and, you know, I keep every time I see Logan, we talk about we got to get him on the show and I'm a terrible person and just keep not making that happen. So I need to definitely reach out to him, have him on the show. But Zach, I appreciate you coming on with us here today. Uh, look forward to seeing you soon. NFL draft weekend and then mini camps OTAs. I mean, it's it's about to get started. again.
1: Yeah, we're starting to churn up and get ready to go. I can't wait
0: for it. Big shout out to my buddy, Zach Selby, senior writer for the Washington Commanders. Make sure you're following him on Twitter at Zach Selby WC. Make sure you're checking out everything he's doing for your Washington Commanders. A lot of media going out there from the Commanders these days. Make sure you're checking all of that out. I want to thank all of you for joining me and Zach here on Locked On Commanders, making this your first listen your first view of the day. For your second, check out Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes from free agency to the draft, salary cap management, and more. Join NFL experts Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino as they take you through what it's like to build a successful NFL franchise every Monday through Friday. Find Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes wherever you get podcasts, and on youtube i will be back to wrap up the week tomorrow if you got questions mock drafts want to send those in send them in via email locked commanders at gmail.com or find me on twitter at dharrison82 or drop them down in the youtube comment box as well and if you want to text me get in on the subtext fund 202 760 for signing off for today i'm david harris staff writer for commander country of sports Illustrated's fan nation credential member of the media covering your Washington commanders and more importantly hanging out with you today and every day, five days a week. Till we speak again, if you're out and about, please be safe, be kind to one another, and I'll see you next time right back here for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day.
2: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.